Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So my second book, Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money, comes out on October 20th. And so over the next several episodes, I'm going to be sharing interviews of the incredible women I interviewed in the book here on the podcast. You'll hear them talk about their investing strategies right now, given that we're all navigating through a pandemic, as well as their plans to invest for the future. And they'll also be sharing their experiences of getting their finances to where they are today. And so their stories and their journeys will inspire you. So be sure to tune in. If you haven't already ordered a copy of my new book, you can do that everywhere books are sold online and it is available as an ebook, audiobook, and a physical book. You can also purchase it at your local bookstore and if they don't have it, you can request that they order it and you can also request that your local library orders the book as well. Finally, I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you're listening to, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Okay, so let's get into this episode. So today I'm really excited to have a special guest join me and her name is Jamila Soufrant. And Jamila is a guest in my upcoming book. I interview her in my book called Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money. And I'm so excited to have her join me today. Jamila has been on the podcast. She's been on the Clever Girl Finance website and she has an incredible podcast as well. So you're going to get to know a bit more about her and also learn about how she's investing right now and the progress that she's made and how she's been able to get where she is right now. So, hey, Jamila. Hey, Paula. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'd love for you to tell everyone who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm Jamila Soufrant of Journey to Launch. I have the brand and podcast. The podcast is mainly how I get information out to the world. And I help people launch the financial freedom and financial independence. So I make that really big goal of having enough money that you never have to work again, that it's optional. I make it more attainable because I break it down into steps in which I really do believe most people can attain if they just take the approach that works for them. So that is basically I'm what I'm about. I'm really passionate about money. You know that, Bola, we both share that between each other, that we want to teach and just show more people what it's like to be financially free. That is amazing. And you do an incredible job with your podcast journey to launch that everybody needs to check out um, when it comes to just sharing information about building wealth, pursuing your financial goals, and being able to live life on your own terms the way you desire. And one of your big, I guess, success stories is the fact that you and your husband were able to save multiple six figures over the years. And you guys were able to do that through investing. So since, you know, we're on this topic of investing, I'd love to know how did you guys decide exactly how you were going to invest that led you to being able to achieve that multi six figure milestone with your finances? Yeah. So that's a great question. When I first came really into just knowledge about money, it wasn't until my early thirties. Right. So that was when I realized that, okay, we need to actually invest so our money can grow and do as much as we can. And that's when I got kind of hooked up on the financial independence movement. I wanted to learn all about it. And so really it took us looking at all the available investing accounts that we had. So when I was working, I worked in corporate America. I had a 401k. My husband is a teacher. He had um, access to a 43 b plan and a 457 plan. So finding out that information that we could invest in three pre-tax retirement accounts really just blew my mind because we could then put more money um, before taxes 
to those accounts. Um, so before the government could tax it. And so that's primarily what we did um, in the beginning. So our claim to fame, I'd say, was when we saved 169, saved and invested $169,000 in two years. And a majority of that money was in our pre-tax retirement accounts. That is so awesome. And that was, it started from you guys just understanding what options were available to you. And then both of you deciding to take advantage and build that approach to investing in those options into your budget and just staying focused and really aggressive on it. And, you know, your story is so awesome for anyone watching this. I want to learn more about Jamila's story. I'll put that um, podcast episode that she did um, in the show notes as well. You now um, left corporate America. You are a full-time business owner. Congratulations on taking that (laughs) huge accomplishment. Uh, But you also lead a very busy lifestyle. You have a family, three kids. You're running this full-time business. Your husband is working full-time. And so, and you're still working towards, you know, your financial goals. You're still investing. So how do you manage simplifying your approach to investing, giving everything you have going on? Because the number one excuse slash complaint a lot of people make is, I don't have time. Yeah. And that's a, honestly, that's a valid excuse, honestly, because juggling everything is hard. So then put on that you need to learn about this stock or this investment account. It can be overwhelming. So for us, we really chose the, I call it like the lazy approach, the path of least resistance, which meant um, that for me, like, I don't want to really research um, separate stocks or individual stocks. So I'm all about index funds. Um, low cost index funds. So the money that we can invest that we have control over, especially now that we have the control we have with our investments since I left my job, um, is to put most of our money in index funds. And because we're long-term investors, it's not money that we need right now. We have the ability to be a little bit more, to take more risk. So a lot of our stuff are like they're in equity. And then as we get closer to the retirement date or the early retirement date, we'll readjust our portfolio. So there's a couple of things that you said that just, you know, I really want to call out. Number one is you simplified your investing approach by leveraging index funds, right? Um, as investors, we don't need to invest in all the things because everybody's talking about them, right? So essentially you figured out what was going to work for you and your husband based on your lifestyle. And you also talked about being in equities right now and adjusting your investments to be more conservative as you get closer to your goal. And that means that you're really clear on what those financial objectives you have in terms of why you're investing. I think that's really important for people to understand when it comes to investing. It's about creating the plan that works for you and really understanding your goals and why are you investing so that you can adjust your plan and adjust your portfolio as you get closer to that timeline that's around your objective. So I just wanted to call that out because, you know, you guys are doing such an amazing job with that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I'd like to also point out that as our life changed, as our situation changed, our investing also changed. So when I was working in corporate America, when we had the income, we were investing a lot of our income because we could afford to. We both were pulling in enough money to where we could still meet our standard obligations in the household and then really push and max all our retirement accounts out and then even just do some taxable investing. When I quit my job, some of that did have to change So we did have to switch and take a pause on investing in terms of the market. But I like to say that we started to invest in myself and my business. 
And that still just means that I'm putting myself, my family in a position to where we can to begin to invest aggressively, just like we did a couple of years ago again. And I just want people to know that. So sometimes every year won't look the same depending on what you have going on in your life. Um, and that's okay. I think really just looking at where you are, right? Like right now, if you have access to a 401k, um, you're an investor. And so to really understand that, because some people think like, oh, like I really want to go invest. And I'm like, well, did you look at what your 401k is offering you just because it's right there? What can you do with what you have instead of trying to go out and find something new to understand? Yeah, that's really key advice. And like you said, you know, investing in your business is another way of investing because not only are you investing in the stock market, but you've diversified, right? By now investing in your business, which has the potential to grow exponentially and generate income for you to even further your investments in the stock market or even in real estate, if you guys are doing that. So that's really awesome. What advice would you give women navigating finances, investing with a partner, a significant other? You talk about this a lot in your interview in the book. And then how are you investing differently or what has changed, if anything, given the fact that we are right now in a pandemic and what advice would you give anyone around that? Right. Okay. So um, to start with at the Investing with your partner is definitely a great um, topic because literally like I was the one that came home and I got the personal finance slash financial investing and financial independence bug. So I was the one that got bit by that bug and was excited. So I'm coming home telling my husband, do you know that we can potentially reach financial independence in like 10 years or less? He's just like, what does that mean? (laughs) Right. He wasn't like that wasn't what was on his forefront. So it did take some conversation. And I'd say the biggest thing that helped me get him on board to investing more. So really what that looked like was we would get our take-home pay. um, And, you know, it was a sizable amount for us as a family, as a growing family at that time. And so to invest more meant we'd get less take-home pay. So that to him was kind of just like, where's my money going? Right. It felt like I'm like, my check is like now half of what it was like, what's you happening. Know, this big idea you had. <laughs> right. Like, so what really helped was, you know, I created a spreadsheet, like I'm a spreadsheet girl and I showed him how investing over time, if we made these changes, if we, you know, started to inch up our, our contributions and maybe max them out, how much would we have in 10 and 15, 20 years? So I showed him the numbers. I showed him a chart of how much we'd have. And that excited him. I think seeing the numbers helped. So just like talking about it conceptually was cool. Like, okay, what kind of life do you want to live? You know, do you want to have enough money to travel when the kids are older? But then when I showed him, like, we can have a million dollars, $2 million in this amount of time, if we do this, excited him. And that really, I think, helped to like make him get on board. That's so cool. Like, you know, relationships can be difficult. And I always tell people like what works for one couple may not work for you. You guys know each other best and you can figure out like the best approach. And for you was creating that visualization for your husband to see what it would look like and not just you explaining it so that he'd be like, wow, like what she's talking about makes sense. So again, for every couple who is in that space of trying to navigate their investing, their finances, it's great to listen to what everybody's saying. There's great tips and stuff, but you want to work on how you guys communicate best with each other, you know, and you guys know each other well, and you can base it off of that. Yeah. And also to give um, your partner grace, especially if they have not really been in the realm. Like if you're the one excited about it, don't just expect if you tell them they're just going to jump on board. I think the other thing that I tried to do um, is I, you know, I took into his goals. I took his goals into consideration. So it wasn't just like about what I wanted, like me, it was about, okay, what do you want? What are your goals? What are the things that you'd like to do and have? And so I made sure to let him know, like, I am down to help 
like, I want to help you achieve those goals too. So we have like individual things we like, and then as a family, things that matter. And so I think letting him see that it wasn't just all about what I wanted, um, helped him come to terms and trust the process a bit with everything. That's a really key point. Yeah. Like recognizing your partner's goals as well. And so, um, I just, I wanted you to answer the second part of the question, which is around like, what are you guys doing differently? You know, with the pandemic, this is a crazy time for the whole world. Right. Um, and, um, but we still have to keep living. We still have to keep planning because it's going to end. We're going to get to the other side of it. And so what are you guys doing differently, if anything at all? And what advice would you give to anyone who's kind of navigating through this and feeling, all the emotions that we've all felt, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's totally legit. Whatever you're feeling now, it's it's legitimate. You know, there are some people who are scrambling, who are, you know, just barely getting by and they have total reason to feel the way they feel. And there are actually some people, I know these people that are actually thriving right now, like business is better than ever, right? And so, um, and if that's the case, you, I don't necessarily think you should feel guilty about that. So I know for us, um, things changed a bit, obviously, with childcare and like navigating, like running a business with everyone being home that obviously affects like productivity and what I can get done. (laughs) You know how it is, Bola. (laughs) You're telling. (laughs) Right. You know, it's funny because, you know, um, when I entered into full-time entrepreneurship in 2018, 2019 was the first full year. We had to pause investing, like into the outside, like markets into like, you know, his 403B, 457, because we needed our, his income and my income to, um, to basically like survive. And then actually the beginning of this year or like, yeah, 2020, the beginning of it was the first time we could start investing again. Like we had the business started to earn a profit. Now we were able to max out our Roth IRAs again, um, which was amazing. Like it felt so good. So coming from someone who two years ago was maxing everything out and had the extra income, so then one year, like basically seeing our savings dwindle because we're, you know, we're living this, entre- I'm living an entrepreneur life and taking this <laughs> risk. It was hard. So I did feel good that the beginning of this year, we were able to contribute and max out our, two- actually we went back, you know how you can contribute to the previous year's Roth. So we did that. And then even today now, um, you know, things are, are relatively well, right? Um, and so I feel like I'm the kind of person where I don't watch the market too closely, I'm a long-term investor. And so for us, like we continue to basically just put money in when we have it. Um, And, but because for us, I'm still also like maintaining, getting the business to be sustainable. um, I usually wait until I know for sure I have this lump sum of money and I can throw it in the market, but I'm not too concerned at looking at, oh, I shouldn't put it in now. It's low or high because I'm a long-term investor and whatever money we are putting in, we're not expecting to take out anytime soon. So that gives me just, um, that makes me feel better. And so for me, I don't really get caught up in the, the roller coaster of things. That is, you know, what you said is so amazing. And, you know, for everybody watching this, right, there are a number of interviews that I'm doing. And the one consistent thing that all these incredible women are saying is that I'm in this for the long term. And these are women, you know, Jamila, every other interview you're going to watch in this series, uh, women who have accomplished some major things with their finances. And if they're all saying I'm in this for the long term, including myself, There is something real about staying in your investments, about thinking long-term as you pursue building wealth and just not getting caught up in the hype of what's sexy, what's trending, what's hot in investing right now, because again, 
it's a long-term play. And that's something that everybody needs to keep in the back of their mind. So that's awesome, Jamila. Yeah. And just the other thing you talked about, just like tips for other people or, you know, the women right now who are, who are in this and don't really know like what to do or just feeling kind of confused. And I'd say, you know, in this moment, especially with the pandemic and all the things that we cannot control, if you are in a place where you're just um, surviving, meaning you don't have the extra income to invest for whatever reason, because you literally need to live, like that is thriving. Like I think too many people are putting so much pressure on themselves that they should have done all these things when there's so much happening that you can't control. So if you're in a position where you can't do a lot of things as fast as you want, your goals have changed because you don't have control over certain things, it's okay. The priority right now is to, you know, live and, you know, keep going. But if you are in the position where you do, you know, you're still kind of doing well, you're able to pay off some debt and still have money to invest, I'd say continue to do what you're doing if you can. um, And just be more just aware of the cash flow of your household. So what's coming in and what's going out and then thinking about your goals and how aggressive you want to reach them. Because look, I actually pulled back like I could have kept working in corporate America and kept getting the, you know, the guaranteed, you know, quotes because what's guaranteed income. By weekly paycheck. Right. And like I could have reached my financial independence number by 40 guaranteed staying in corporate America. If, you know, provided I had the job, you know, until 40. But I decided, you know what? I want to try entrepreneurship. I want to enjoy time with my kids. And so I'm actually willing for it to take longer. That's fine with me. So I slowed down a bit um, and didn't invest for like a year because I was working on this. So I think if that is you, like deciding how fast you want to go, where you are currently, and you make decisions based on that. That is amazing. And, you know, you guys definitely check out Jamila's full interview in my upcoming book, Clever Girl Finance, to learn how investing works, grow your money. Um, but before I let you go, Jamila, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, first of all, what is your Clever Girl superpower? My Clever Girl superpower is to see opportunities and obstacles. Um, I like to say that, like, I'm not, like, on, like I'm, I'm realistic, but I'm also optimistic. So I just feel like I see things and I see opportunities where maybe people see obstacles and that's always helped me in life. Yeah, that optimism is so key, especially during a time like this. You have to find ways to see the opportunities. And I think that's a really awesome superpower to have. And then I have to ask you, you know, you have such an incredible platform, your podcasts, your courses. Um, How can people learn more about what you have going on? Where can they find your podcast? How can they learn more about you? Tell us more. (laughs) Yeah, so the best place to start is to listen to the podcast. It's completely free. So if you listen to Bola's amazing podcast, you find it in the same place. Just type in Journey to Launch. Um, You can go to journeytolaunch.com also, just if you want to just really see everything. And then I'm on all social media at Journey to Launch. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Journey to Launch. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure that we put all that information in the notes of uh, this video for you guys to go check out Jamila's podcast. You have to check it out. You have been nominated for like top podcasts in so many different categories. You're featured on the Apple podcast page. Listen, let's not minimize that. Let's call it out. Your podcast is, you know, if there was an Emmy for podcast, Emmy award winning. <laughs> let's I'll take it. I'll give it, give it to me. Yes. <laughs> go check out the podcast. It is a great way to immerse yourself on this journey to building wealth. Jamila has incredible guests and just, you know, it's an awesome podcast. So thank you so much for your time. It is like late in the night, you know, I know your kids are in the background. So thank you, Jamila. I appreciate you for being here and for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bola, for having me. 
So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes to leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you from the bottom of my heart and I will talk to you on the next episode.